is Meredith, the MVH Van Harn, joining you from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan. And you know what really grinds my gears? What really steams my beans? What really burns my bananas? What really sogs my bottom? Well, wonder no more, because you're about to find out. We're calling this show Trigger Warning personality flaws that will send us off the deep end, which means we're talking about things that will make us want to scream. And actually, I'm not sure I'm comfortable calling them flaws because I think we all have these things that make us kind of, I don't know, stomp our foot real hard, like I did the time I failed to trap a feral cat. And that's pretty normal, right? Everybody has that. Totally. I don't know if it's a flaw or a, it's it's not a bug, it's a feature. Um Yes. Joining me today are two-fourths of my favorite co-hosts in Stick of Butter Studio- Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hi, Meredith. I'm not so sure I want to try your cooking after that. <laughs> uh, my beans are steamed. Burned bananas? My bottoms are steamed. <laughs> yeah, soggy. <laughs> well, that these are problems, right? Mm-hmm. True. In Garden View Studios in Albany, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Hey, Bobby. I will try your steamed beans. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Uh, today on the show, we've got some small talk for you. We're going to dig into the mailbag and find out what goonie you are. Uh, medium talk is things that make you want to do dishes really loudly. And as always, we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. Um, but first up is small talk. Bobby, do you want to get us into it? Sure. So this is exciting. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Also, hi, it's been a couple of weeks. Sorry, hi. life, crazy. Um, as recently mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, it's gala season. And so I have been um, working, <laughs> it seems like, every night. Uh, and I'm glad to be back with you guys, or, or at least the ones of you who were willing to record with me. I, I was really particularly sad to miss Jeremy last week because I have um, something that for legal reasons I can't call a beverage minute. That I'd like to bring to the show uh, because he'll sue me if I do. Beverage moment. Yeah, it's a, it's a beverage sip. Drink um, minute. I was in uh, I I don't remember where recently a, a gas station or something with um, these Coca Cola Dream World Limited Edition sodas on display, and uh, as an enthusiast of Coca Cola products, um, that might come as a surprise to no one, but. Uh, as a fan, I thought to myself, uh, I wonder what they taste like. And if you Google this, you can see that a lot of people have already figured this out. I'm late to the game. But since everyone loves listening to me drink things live on the air, mm-hmm. I could not mm-hmm. resist but to do a live taste test right now in small talk of uh, Coca-Cola Dream World Limited Edition. So I've got four things in front of me. Well, I've got six things in front of me. I have four beverages in front of me and then a couple of, uh, for the sake of science, a couple of clean, sterile, matching jelly jars. Oh, good. To, to pour good. these drinks into so that I can uh, evaluate them, you know, aired. You know, the way you open a fine bottle of red wine and let it breathe. Aerate the Coca-Cola. Yeah. Exactly. Do the same thing here. Knock out just a little bit of that carbonation. Just, just enough to get it right. So I have half a bottle of Diet Coke, which I've just been drinking like. That's the bottle I have going at this moment. Uh, it expires... November 21st, just for reference, because that's important with Diet Coke. That's soon. Right. That's okay. I mean, it wouldn't well, be a problem I'm going to finish me. it in the next yeah. 15 minutes, right? <laughs> well, so. I know. Yeah, uh, but where the, are you getting this aged Diet Coke? Mm-hmm. 
uh, it's so awful at the local grocery store. In fact, I think I've mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned on the air, but I think I've mentioned it to all of you. I have started mixing in some caffeine-free Diet Coke just for the late nights. Join me. Join me. We're all getting old. I'm not young anymore, so I can't drink caffeine as late as I want. Um, I still do sometimes, but trying to avoid it because you're a rebel I, like that confession right. i'm having trouble finding caffeine-free diet coke that's not past its prime right i wonder Th- why this has been my problem this is why i because i used to drink only caffeine-free because i don't like being slave to a drug but then eventually all the places i went stopped carrying it so i was you're like okay well, being shit. a slave to aspartame and caramel color <laughs> Not to caffeine. <laughs> well, I don't know what the aspartame withdrawal is like, but the caffeine withdrawal is a bitch yeah. for me. Yep. True. That's fair. So I just took a sip of Diet Coke as a control. Uh, and then I also have a pint glass of fresh zero water filtered cold water just to, you know, in a in a pint glass with Nipper, the mascot of Albany on it, just to balance things out. So I was wondering what that was. I mean, I thought the, it was a dog. The He's nipper cute. dog from the RCA ads. The dog that's um, creepily at its master's. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, it's an RCA ad where a record of his master's voice plays. And he recognizes it. And so the dog's kind of got a cocked head like, huh? I recognize that. Even though the owner is dead <gasps> in a Why? casket. Why would they because do Because the owner's voice is recorded on the record. It's very weird. Oh, no. But the dog is adorable, and there's a giant statue of this nipper dog on top of a building in the warehouse district of Albany, and it's sort of a de facto mascot of the city of Albany because the dog is adorable. So, okay. There you go. All right. I'm going to pour this real quick because this is, this is not the primary crux of today's show. I don't want to take forever. I have both the uh, Dream World here, and then I have the Dream World Zero Sugar Dream flavored. Now, again, no, ha- these are... Good. Dream flavored. They're flavored like dreams. Yeah. Guys, I'm getting hot under the collar. <laughs> I have tried the zero sugar Ooh. version of this, and I'm I very curious about. I cannot your stand bullshit flavors or names of flavors that don't mean anything. Dream World, give me a break. <laughs> uh, give Nipper a brark. Hang on, let me. Mm-hmm. Dog, dog's name is Nipper. It's, you know. Right. All right. Let me. I think I mentioned before, we used to have a candle at the store in one of our candle lines that was called Gratitude. And I'm like, what the fuck does Gratitude I was about to say, I think candles like? are the worst offenders Come on. of that. Call, if you want to call it Fresh Morning Dew, I can get my mind around that. But Gratitude? Toxic masculinity. What light does here. that smell like? <laughs> um, all right. It has a very fruity smell, like a mango or a... I think mango. I think that's where I'm laying. Or like a mango pineapple juice. Mm. Mm. That mango um, diet coke was one of the worst of the yeah, yeah. Well, All right. fruity diet cokes. So I have scientifically poured most of a jelly jar's worth of that. And before I sip it, I'm going to go ahead and pour. No, because the smell will mess me up. All right. So let me take a sip of this. This is the uh, full throttle, full leaded sugar Dream World limited edition Coke. And if Anne hadn't been talking, you would have heard the sound of the pour and the fizz. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Nah, I'm it's not. Okay. We're not fully artists. Gluck, 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 gluck. Oh, that's um, sweet and then bitter. Ew. Yeah, it's um. Ooh. You know, I would not, I would not seek that out. So while I while I think about this, 
some internet research tells me, uh, and in, in a statement released by Coca-Cola, this was, uh, quote, starlight illuminated the idea of escapism and the infinite out-of-this-world possibilities of space. Dreamworld flips this script by inviting fans to look inward on the infinite possibilities of the mind. Oh my god. The person um, that wrote that is getting paid so much more money than yeah. <laughs> all of us. I do. Yeah. Starlight illuminated. Amazing. Um Yeah, it, it tastes like somebody made a fruit soda in a cola. That's a lot to put on a soda. The yeah. hopes and dreams of every human on earth. Yeah, what is this? You'd like to buy the world a dream world coke? Yeah, I guess <laughs> um, so. What's the aftertaste like, Bobby? It it's got this just lingering fake fruit taste. Mm-hmm. It's not appetizing. I just took a sip of water and we take a sip of regular diet coke to just burn that cleanser. out. Oh, that's yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah right. All right, let's do the zero sugar. Maybe part of it is also because it's the full sugar, and I just I'm good for a regular coke like once a year just to remember. It's tough <laughs> to go from diet to regular. Yeah. All right, let me. Uh, Let's uh, silence, please, so I can. And maybe if I'm really, really quiet, we'll hear the Kit Kat clock in the background tick tocking too. All right, here's the zero sugar. A less satisfying open. This expires November seventh. The uh, the full throttle Dream World, by the way, December fifth. So it's younger. Right, I'll pour the zero sugar here. We definitely got that Diet Coke fizz that takes forever to pour on an airplane. I don't hear anything. Yeah, I my microphone picked it up very lightly, so I'll... I hear I'll... I heard something very slight. Fake yeah. news! Turn it up I'm, on the edit. I'm drinking nothing over here. This is all theater <laughs> of the mind. He's just all inventing right. these. <clears throat> Here's the zero sugar. So it smells similarly fake fruity, but tangier, more tart than the, um, than the full sugar one. Maybe it's because the sugar's not there to mellow it out. Oh, that is awful. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't I like the flavor of Diet Coke. I'm less wild about the flavor of Coke Zero. And and tell me, Coke Zero, is it an acceptable substitute? Oh, no, no. Right. I was in a gas station the other day that did not have any Diet Coke. It had all been knocked out, just empty rows. And of course, Diet Coke probably takes up the largest share. Yep. Right. Because everybody drinks Diet Coke. I think, if I remember correctly, the most popular sodas are Coke, then Diet Coke, then regular Pepsi. And, oh, wow. That is so bad. That was I'm going to take one more sip too. for science, but I can't guarantee I'm going to finish this. I went to a party at a friend's house once. And I was like, hey, do you have any Diet Coke? And he's like, we got Coke Zero. That's the same thing, right? And I was like, it's like you don't even know me. Like, what am I doing here? I have a friend like that. His name is Will McQuillan. <laughs> <laughs> Should drop Without those mind people. blowing him up. Congratulations, Will, by the way, on getting your contract uh, voted on and passed by the Alaska I Airlines. Yes, but I heard he was a real jerk, the guy who did it. Yeah. Well, again, Coke Zero. I fly yeah. all the way across the country and he has Coke Zero for me. Yeah. Um, oof. This is... Uh... All right, one more sip again, because was... this is... First We're taking a lot of sips for something you really don't like. I'm just trying to confirm. If I, if I close my eyes, it tastes like a really bad fruit soda. Ugh. And and it's sicklingly sweet in that um, fake sugar way, 
but there's too much of it. I don't know. I was expecting these to be closer to Dr. Pepper or something. You know, let's fuck with Coke. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. zero sugar. Eh. The Dream World regular full strength, maybe once in a while, but I don't like full strength soda. So no, pass. Dream World is more of a nightmare. End of, <laughs> end of review. Wow, that's a good tagline for that review. Yep. Yep. And with that, anybody else have any small talk? Nope. Nope. I think it's we'll time to Jeremy's, move on. We'll get Jeremy's input on these. Of course, when I asked him about it, he had already had them both several times. Oh, yeah. I am curious other people's opinion. And so yeah. if you out there have tried one or both of these and love or hate them, please let us know. And we will for sure have Jeremy back on. Of course, we have to discuss Bravo's hit TV reality show, Below Deck. <laughs> Below Deck Mediterranean, if we have a okay. choice. Um, I was editing last week's show and I realized I called it Below Decks every single time because that's did. how little I know about it. <laughs> I think Below Decks might be a um, like a Star Trek spinoff cartoon of some kind. Yeah, don't ships normally have multiple decks? What kind yes. of rinky-dink boats are these? I think it's Lower Decks, but... Ba- it is, I mean, yeah, Star Trek Lower well Decks be. is the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate Paramount Plus so much, and I'm so mad because the app is so terrible, and it's the only place you can get Star Trek now. Of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying for an app that I hate because I like Star Trek. They got you. Ugh. They got you by the small ones. They really do. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the question Sorry, of the just... week responses. <laughs> that just uh, got me. I Meredith mean, is, is... also your home of like 18 seasons of NCIS. So. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. I like, Meredith, how you tried to move on past that and Bobby wouldn't let us. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. I'm trying Look. to move past it.org. Um <laughs> Our question of the week last week was, which Goonie are you? And we posted a very helpful quiz, very helpful, highly scientific quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a few responses. Amanda says, survey says, Chunk, I am funny and I do have a heart of gold. <laughs> you are. Mm-hmm. But you're a fair amount easier to look at, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Bet says, okay, I took the quiz and damn it, I knew it, but I'm sad. I'm mouth crying emoji. <laughs> Somebody has to be mouth. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Rosemary says, I'm Ovs, a chunk slash mouth combo. And then <laughs> follow up. OMG, the quiz says I'm brand, which is funny because I had major six-year-old hots for him. And also Josh Brolin can still get it. <laughs> I mean, he's starting to look a little craggy these days, but, you know, I'm not going to complain. Mm-mm. Uh, At Julie least he's said, he's aging naturally, unlike right. some people. Tom Cruise. Shakespeare. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Yeah, he signed a deal with the devil for sure. Mm-hmm. It's catching up with him. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt, but movepastit.org is available for $12 a year. I think I could use that for fundraising <laughs> for liberal causes. <laughs> Fuck, it gets better. Just give up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Julie says, it tells me that I'm Mikey. And then similarly, Gregory says, baby Mikey. And I'm very pleased with myself. And that's a reference to the pens that I like from Japan. Oh. Say that on the side of the pen. Do you two have any thoughts on this? I mean, Meredith, you you bowed out somewhat belatedly because you were like, oh, yeah, right. I hate this movie. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I felt kind of bad about that. But I really do not like 
Goonies. I didn't see it when I was a kid. I didn't watch it until I was like 21, 22. And I was like, wow, this is a kid's movie. And I don't know. I just didn't, I just didn't love it. So I, t- I did take the quiz though. And I got data. Oh, shocking. Well, that's good. Yeah. Not shocking at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got Mikey when I took the quiz. And I don't know if that would have been my guess, but it did kind of make sense. But I forget, like, I forget which question I answered, which made me realize, oh, it's because I picked One-Eyed Willie. Mm, yep. Uh, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, of course. Uh, also, uh, you guys didn't spend nearly enough time talking about One-Eyed Willie just meaning dick. <laughs> I yeah, thought there's we covered that. Some innuendo there. You did, there. but not enough. This is just one of those times <laughs> that I hope none of my coworkers listen to the show. Um, mm, okay. But, I mean, come on. I, I think any question about whether or not One-Eyed Willie was a euphemism is, you know. Your coworkers mm-hmm. don't know about dicks, so you can't let them know this way. <laughs> uh, they work with me, so. Um, I, I should also come later. Yeah, I should also say that I, I did get a text from my mom yesterday morning at, that says, FYI, I have watched Goonies and not just recently for the show. So I guess I have to publicly apologize to my mom for saying that she probably hadn't seen Goonies. How dare you not know every movie she's ever seen? Well, and the thing is, she just doesn't watch movies very often. So I felt like I was sort of safe in saying that. And she doesn't watch dumb kid movies either. So, I mean, what do I know? Well, when we do the Power Rangers movie next week, I expect a full report from your mom. Um, well, I won't have to rewatch it because I've seen the Power Rangers movie several times. But <laughs> I can't speak for my mom. I'm going to nominate any of the Minions movies after that. <laughs> I worry about the Minions movies because I haven't seen the first one, and so I'm worried oh, that you're I not going to know what yeah. they're mumbling about. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. feel like I won't understand the lore if we don't start at the beginning. Right, you have right. to read the books first. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> this next movie show is coming together quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and uh, slip on into Medium Talk for this week. Um, In our our trigger warning section, we make it a practice to be very honest and um, somewhat vulnerable on this show and talk quite frankly about our own um, flaws, such as they may be. Uh, and we, when we talked about this, we were like, haven't we done a show like this before? And shockingly, we have not. And so we're going to talk about things that send us off the deep end and make us behave poorly. Um, because we're not perfect people. I know that is a shock. I mean, Meredith might be perfect. I don't know. Because mm. you got all your wildness out when you were a teenager. Reports vary. <laughs> I mean, your bosses think you're perfect. Apparently, whenever. for now, like, promoting you. <laughs> we'll see how your uh, direct reports feel in a Yikes. couple of months. <laughs> the survey is coming out soon, so <laughs> more info to follow. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to talk about um, some things that bring out the worst in us and what those worst things may be. So I guess I can start off with this. Um, what what brought this up for me is I was reflecting on something that happened at work a few years ago now. And um, 
What absolutely enrages me to the point of misbehavior is when I am condescended to. And I don't know why, except maybe that, like, being smart is my thing. As I've said before, like, I never had anything else to recommend me and other are you than seriously telling me you don't smart. know why? <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to... <laughs> He's just trying to condescend you. He's trying yeah. to set you off. I'm trying so hard. That's one, Bobby. <laughs> Um, but I, I had this thing at work where, um, I don't know, it's such a long, stupid story where we're moving to a, a new software system and it was a thing that was going to take all our energy use, you know, all your kilowatt hours of electricity and your therms of natural gas and stuff and convert it all so that we could see what our carbon emissions are at a glance. Now I have done this on an express. A spreadsheet in Excel for years and years and years. And I was like, I don't really think we need this, but you know, um, the powers that be, um, have their reasons for doing these things. It was a bell and a whistle and God damn it. We're going to use a bell and a whistle. And the problem was that I couldn't get the numbers to come out right ever when we were developing it. And the whole thing was so opaque. I was like, I don't understand what units we're starting in. I don't understand what units we're ending in. But no matter what I try, it doesn't come out right. And I'm talking with our developer slash implementer, like over an 18 month period. And I keep telling them it's not coming out right. Can I, can I, can you tell me what units this is in so that I can look? And finally, we got down to the point where it's like, I need to see behind the wall of this thing. I need to get a look at the chassis. I need to see what the equation is because I can't see where I'm going wrong or where it's going wrong until you show me the equations and the units. And then they gave me like a table dump of every single unit conversion. Like here's how you get from pounds to kilograms no. and here's how you get from. Yeah. So it's this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do the work. And I'm looking at it. And there's no way to get from the units we started at to the units we wanted to end at. Like, I just can't find any path. And finally, and remember this, I've been telling them this for 18 months. And we get into a meeting with the developer and I say this and he says to me in this incredibly patient voice, but you see, Anne, sometimes you have to do several conversions. Like you do from one to another thing and then from that thing to the final step. And I lost my goddamn mind. In this meeting, full, uh, had our business analyst, her boss, and this developer, I uh, shrieked in a very loud voice. I have a master's in statistics. I think I can do basic unit conversions. <laughs> Good for you. And then there was a full five seconds of silence, which is really a lot longer than you think it is when you count it out. Mm -hmm. And they're all just looking at me. And he was like, oh, um, uh, uh. And then several months later, when I made them actually bring the coder in and go into the guts of the program, I found IBM had done conversions incorrectly, like hardwired in, into, oh, the, my God. into the program. They were doing incorrect conversions. And I was like, am I really the only person who has ever figured this out? Like, I can't, how, whatever. 
But that moment stays with me where I turn into an absolute lunatic because of the condescending tone of voice. And I realize that that is something that I just can't take even a tiny whiff of. And I'm going to need to work on it. Do you, though? Do I? I don't know. Should people be slightly scared of me? Yes. It served me well my whole life. (laughs) When you put it that way. But it's more that I just don't like the lack of control that I feel when I become a shrieking harpy over this. Well, I think this is like one of those things where, you know, you hack into NSA and then the government hires you because you clearly can do better than they can. So I think you need to go apply at IBM. Like, hey, I'll fix your conversions. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, honestly, it's not that hard to convert from U.S. tons to metric tons. No, I feel like Google does that pretty well. Sure does. Sure does. But not IBM. It's not like currency conversion. It's not like these formulas change. Mm -mm. And this is coming from the English major. (laughs) The Shrieking Harpies are a musical improv trio (laughs) featuring Lizzie Gardner, Taj Ruler, and Hannah. Wyden, Wydeven, with Justin Nellis on the keys, our show blends musical genres into an improvised story with a focus on feminism and friendship. No musical styling or genre is untouchable, just in case you were curious. <laughs> oh, that sounds Well, like I fun. think feminism plays a, a fairly large part in my particular act, but I, I don't think they can lay claim to shrieking harpies. Mm-mm. I'm just going to park that link over there for later research. <laughs> All right, Bobby, um, join me. Join me down in the pit of personality yeah. flaws. Yeah, so everyone else can go fuck themselves. It's kind of the, <laughs> um, what does that say about my, so I actually, writing this list, I was going back and forth between people, other people whose flaws bother me and my flaws that bother me. It's and almost like over- it's the same thing. <clears throat> the overlaps have their moments, yeah. yeah. Um, I was looking for a word for this, and I couldn't quite find it. Maybe it'll come to me as I talk. Um, I'm, I have a slash here, so I have attention hogs and people who feel compelled to leave their mark on something. And I was, uh, talking just today with some of my colleagues about this. When I was a newspaper copy editor years and years ago in, you know, (laughs) back in the day when I was a newspaper man, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and could get my newspaper and gum and coffee and a subway ride for a nickel. When you had your little press card tucked into the band of your fedora? Yeah. Yep. And uh, and my uh, my pipe tucked into my pocket of my tweed blazer. Um, <laughs> this is really stupid. And, and it reminded me how much it angered me. I used to work for a slot editor, which was kind of like the guy who would review my work before it went on to the next step. Didn't matter what I did to write a headline on a story, he would have to rewrite it. Mm. I could write a perfect headline. And so when you're writing headline in a copy editing bay, you're sort of looking at a number of characters that you're getting to fit a spot. So you're trying to write the, the longest headline that you can that still fits the space. Like the space is not designated to what you want to write usually unless it's a special thing. Like, you're told you've got five columns and one line of text. So 
what words can you come up with that are a great fit that also fill the space really well? So it's a combination of conveying the story, but also the aesthetic factor of that. So it's, it's a dual purpose project. And I reached a point with him where the nights he was working, I would intentionally write my second best headline <laughs> and sort of make a note to see if he would end up changing it to the better headline. Because I knew if I gave him my best headline, he would spike it and write something else that wasn't as good just because he had to have that last bit of control. Uh... So, and again, this is not like a byline story. Like this isn't my story. It's somebody else wrote the damn story. It's my job just to make sure it's clean and accurate and presents well. And uh, he just every fucking time would have to go in there and tinker with it. Uh, I just his compulsion, like that, that was his thing. He had to do it every time. And uh, it's not exactly the last person I've worked with like that. And I, you know, I've taught people who've worked with me and for me and interns and such through the years that when you get in that situation, you just have to write well, but not worry about having pride of ownership over it because you know it's not your fault when it changes. Mm -hmm. It's not a value judgment on your work. Because this asshole had to feel like he got the final say on it. And I just irritates me so goddamn much because I was well trained at what I was doing and was good at it. And, uh, you know, there's one time to edit when you're editing for clarity and accuracy. And then when you're editing just because you feel the compulsion to edit, that's nonsense. And uh, it just kills me every time I have to work with someone like that. It sounds like somebody who's trying to justify their salary, frankly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Look at me. I did this work. I fixed all these things. Yep. Yep. Like, so. how can you how can you point to your value if you <laughs> let anything go through untouched? Well, recognizing that your job is to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always tell people on concert night when we're working a show, I, my job is to hold an invisible fire extinguisher. Like, if I don't have to do anything all night, that means we did a good job. That's true. That's and true. And so, like, sometimes you just have to put your ego aside and recognize that you're working on a team. Mm -hmm. But people struggle with that. It's very yeah, that's irritating. true. I was thinking about the word grandstander when you yeah. were talking. Yeah. Like, especially for attention hog. Somebody that has to come in and be like, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, where is Hillary this week anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mostly. Um it's, uh, Except she does the work in the background, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hillary has earned her right to do that because she works her ass off all the time. Yep. Um, that is the other thing. Like, I hate when somebody has to hold court in a conversation and won't let anyone else in edgewise. Yeah. I can do a lot of downer dinners where I just have to sit there glazed over and then try mm -hmm. to remember what they said because I, you know, yeah. Not Man. interested in making conversation, just interested in monologuing at people. Buttering up rich people sounds like the worst, frankly. It reminds me of, of college discussion classes where they're like, yes. I agree with what they just said. And then they re reiterate what they just said. Like, thank you for your very valuable input. Yep. I used to get so upset. Here we go. Hey, listen, I knew I'd find more stuff as we went along. I used to get so upset in those classes because there's like a couple of different people. It's those people that have to exactly reiterate what the last person said. And then it's people who just seem to talk to talk. Like they, they're making a quote unquote point. And you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, it could, and then that could overlap with people that just want to hear the sound of their own voice. Like, yes. I, I don't know. You have to get your participation points or something. I hate those classes where we got graded on participation. Yeah, those people got an A plus for input. Yep, because that's about quantity rather than quality. And I right. just think that's right. bullshit. Yep. I mean, there is always that moment when I'm in a work meeting or like a big function. In fact, I was just last night went to the annual meeting for another group we work with and the the thing i love about going to events like that is people go oh the albany symphony why are you here like just so out of place uh at the new york state industries for the disabled uh annual meeting and i'm like because i support their cause and we work together sometimes it's just nice to be there but like i'm looking around the reception before i leave waiting for that 30 second touch i can get with their executive director or their board chair so that in a week, I can say, hey, it was so nice seeing you at that thing. It's the work version of the making sure you make a comment in the discussion. That's a version. little different. <laughs> well, yeah, mine's for a good cause. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, God, Bobby Hornin on it and on the people who work with disabled people. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> so he can, quote unquote, support their work. You. Yeah, how dare I. <laughs> All right, Meredith, come on down into the pit. Yeah, the first thing that came to mind and came to mind immediately, and I've talked about this on the show, is when I mess something up. Uh, I am never more upset than when I make a mistake. Um, And I think this kind of goes along with you, Anne. It's like my identity is I'm smart and I do things right. (laughs) So it's very threatening when I don't and when I am stupid and when I make a mistake. It's very upsetting. Um, Yeah. And this happens all the time because everybody makes mistakes all the time. So what, what this means is constant, you know, failure, uh, even though it doesn't matter usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's but, either you're successful or you're garbage. Right. <laughs> is that, that's it. You're perfect or just utter trash. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, since yeah. you can't be perfect, it means you're utter trash. Exactly. Thank you for understanding um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, and I, I kind of, I wish I knew how to stop feeling this way, but well, you can I, stop making mistakes. Mary. I could <laughs> just be perfect. That's the, <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> Bobby, the problem solver. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> well, honestly, like I, I, I was, I was trapping the cats next door that, that, that Derek had in his garage and I messed up one and she ran away with her baby. You know, she scruffed her little kitten and, and, and put him under the porch. And I literally stomped my foot <laughs> on the ground <laughs> and was like, I was so mad at myself. And it, well, because it also, because it affected other people, my sister-in-law and her friend were driving from Grand Rapids to pick up these cats up and they were not going to be cats. So I had to call them and tell them I, I failed. And that's not a good feeling. So I'm 40. I still haven't gotten used to failure. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm ever going to. I'll tell you guys a secret that only Hillary and Christy and Jeremy know. I missed last week's recording time because I got the time wrong. And I got a text from Hillary. Well, actually, she called me. First, she messaged me. And then she called me on Facebook Messenger. And she was like, so are you going to be on the oh, show no. tonight? And I was like, what? <laughs> and 
And I have <laughs> never felt like more embarrassed in my entire life because I got that wrong. Because it was a stupid, I thought Christy said Pacific time and she did say mountain time. So I thought I wasn't recording until 6.30, but it was 5.30. And so I was so late. And I was so embarrassed and so angry with myself. And what what terrible things happened as a result of that? Nothing. Correct. I'm just, I'm just a failure as a human being. No, and you're happened. allowed to fail, and it's fine, and nobody cares. When I do it, it's different. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were late recording a couple of weeks ago because I got distracted at an event and was too busy like trying to eat an ice cream while driving home to get back on time. How yeah, but you were four you. minutes late. <laughs> I literally don't right. care about anyone else doing that. Like, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't offend me. I don't right. care. It's it's one set of rules applies to me, and one set of rules applies to everyone else on Earth, which yep. is very egotistical. Yeah. It, I don't know. I just feel that I don't deserve everybody else's grace, I think. Yeah. So do you want to pause here for the BetterHelp ad? or? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it's something that I think about that I heard probably 20 plus years ago on the soap opera Another World of all places that there were two characters having a discussion about someone was trying to get something perfect. And this other customer who was like a just sort of a rough and tumble sort of dude said, yes, but perfection isn't an attainable goal. And it was such a weird thing coming out of this character's mouth that I have remembered it my whole life. And I remind myself all the time, perfection isn't an attainable goal. Thanks, soap operas. Or is it? Maybe if I just try harder. For everyone but Anne. (laughs) Yep. Okay, you failed? Well, you failed because you're bad and you're wrong and you're stupid. And all you have to do is try harder the next time. Thank you you for understanding. Try harder. You're not trying hard enough, Meredith. That's the thing. I'll go back to school and get another degree in my same field of study so I can do better next time. I'm sorry. We're just a pathetic pair. (laughs) I know. what it is. Okay. This episode is just... You're not actually listening to an episode of Tishi right now, listeners. This is just your brain while you lay in bed in the dark at night. <laughs> or your therapy session. Right. And yep. can we move on and go to your next one? Please? Yeah, please. Let's do well. So I wrote down forced, quote unquote, femininity here is something that makes me crazy. And I put femininity in quotation marks because obviously that's something that's a very complex topic. What is femininity? What should femininity be? But I'm talking here about what um, general societal expectations are for the concept of femininity. I'm talking about pink and I'm talking about sparkles and high heels and makeup and hair. I mean, hair in general is not a feminine thing, but you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And to be clear, I don't actually have a problem with any of this stuff. It's just that I react very poorly when I feel like I am required to model these things. 
um, because women come in all shapes and sizes and all preferences. But it, I mean, it, it goes a little bit deeper for me than just feminism. Now, here's where we get really sad and confessional. Um, because I have been such a big woman in terms of stature, not statuesque, um, all, say statuesque. <laughs> all my life and don't really have a very good body image, if that can be the understatement of the millennium, I always have felt like I am not not allowed to pursue that version of femininity, but it would be foolish for me to attempt it. Like, my therapist hates it when I use this um, metaphor, but it's the lipstick on the pig thing. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it doesn't hide the fact that it's a pig. And now it's just wearing lipstick and it looks ridiculous. So it's a ridiculous pig. And my therapist is like, can you please stop referring to yourself as a pig? And I'm like, I'm not referring to myself as a pig. It's a handy analogy, except maybe I am. So, so she knows, I mean, she's a licensed therapist, God damn her. So, so whenever I get into situations where I feel like I'm being forced into inhabiting a traditional feminine role, it makes me squirm to the point where I get really surly and really ungracious. Like the times I've been a bridesmaid just I uh like I'm just so unpleasant to be around because I'm fighting this idea that I just look ridiculous and people are like why are you even bothering you are just a pig in lipstick still a pig but now you're a foolish pig so obviously I have some work to do in that um in that area. But I also n- need to not be a pain in the ass when that's happening. Because sometimes people want you to be in their wedding. They want you to wear the dress and they want you to get their hair done or whatever. Or your nails done. Actually, I've never had my nails done because that's another thing that makes me feel super uncomfortable. Um, but I'm just a gross, horrible person. Like... so ungracious in those situations and I need to learn how to be okay with the discomfort in a way that doesn't make it more unpleasant for other people. Is it because you feel like you're faking? Just that I look stupid. So I bet you in a, you know, a million dollars that nobody else thinks you look stupid. Well, no, of course you think you look stupid, right? Because this goes back to our, nobody is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you, (laughs) but it is about being uncomfortable in my own skin. I just spent the last two weeks hoping that my tuxedo wasn't going to comically burst open (laughs) and a button off my vest wasn't going to blow off and like knock somebody's champagne glass out and start a cascading domino of comedic awfulness that would be pretty funny though gala rooms and i'm sure i'm the only person who noticed um because my text doesn't fit the way it did before covid right um, nobody's does 
and right and that and that's just it like we've all got our own shit going on um I, I'm starting to think that everyone in that room was trying to figure out if they were going to burst out of their seams or <laughs> trip over something or felt hot and sweaty to the point where their glasses were fogging up. That one might've just been me again. Um, but like we all have that. Like when we all have to dress up for stuff and it's stuffy and awkward, I, I don't know that anyone's truly comfortable. Some people might like the way they look or be glad, you know, enjoy cleaning up. Like I like putting on a suit cause it's easy. Uh, but I don't feel comfortable mm, and I think that, that that leads to a lot of self-doubt very quickly. I think there are people that feel comfortable. I think some of the Instagram set really um, feel great about themselves and their bodies and their presentation. Uh, I mean, if the number of pictures they take is any no, but that, that, indication. That's, that's shallow, though. They're taking hundreds of pictures to pick those pictures to to do that like that's that's an active choice to present that yeah i'm dubious right? i bet they're the most uncomfortable of all yeah <laughs> but why would yeah. you put on that bandage dress in the first place if it wasn't comfortable <laughs> i mean ugh. i've worn one they're not comfortable but they do look nice because they squish you do they yeah it's extremely uncomfortable hmm, hmm. it's like Spanx, but on the outside <laughs> Great. Oh, Just what everyone's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, show title is going to be, can you please stop referring to yourself as a pig? Uh, <laughs> it's just a convenient analogy and also kind yeah. of true. <laughs> I can't, I can't fully, I can't empathize with forced femininity the way I can some of these other things, obviously. But um, I, I think that, societal expectations cut in a lot of different ways and so yeah. you yep. know I, I think there i'm sorry go ahead no please i i'm just saying that i think it swings the other way too with these ideas of masculinity and forced masculinity and and stinky josh Hawley writing a book about how america's <laughs> no longer masculine and yeah. that's our you know marlboro man and i, I tough love your version and, of your version of using nicknames to belittle people is stinky Josh <laughs> That should be the show title. No, I'm not putting that asshole no anywhere near way. Uh, yeah. We're not giving him any kind of publicity, even if it is to call him stinky. If it wasn't so funny, I'd bleep it right out of the damn show. True. Yeah, gender performances are pretty gross when you dig down a little tiny bit. Um and I, I guess, Anne, I had two, I had a couple thoughts while you were talking. And but the first one is like, I'm always, I I admire people so so much who just like own who they are, no mm -hmm. matter what. Um, and maybe like, I wouldn't wear what they're wearing or whatever. But I'm like, amazing that you do that. Like, I think that's so great, and it's because I envy their authenticity. Yep. So I, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, if I was confident enough, I'd wear pajamas to the wedding I have to go to in a couple of days. Oh. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I have to wear a dress because it's semi-formal. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about my future self this, this Saturday. Get your semi-formal pajamas out. Yeah, just the, the lapels and the... Yeah, the silk ones. The pinstripe silk pajamas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An overcoat of some kind. Yeah. Basically Hugh Hefner at this point. 
Or, I mean, if we're talking about forced femininity, you got to get one of those nice, long, lacy negligee type. I mean, I know you don't wear strappy things. I do not. But you could have like the the sheer robe cover thing that goes over it. You could look like a sexy ghost. <laughs> I'll it save that for the Halloween party next <laughs> the weekend after. <laughs> All right. Well, so that got a little bit real. Please, Bobby, take us to the next real point. Yeah. I hate assholes who feel like they have to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just have know-it-allism written here in our notes. Uh, and this is the one that cuts both ways because it is perhaps the personality flaw that I am most guilty of through the years. Uh, and it's something that I have worked on a lot through the years. And so... Um, I, I just know, like I look back and I think about what an annoying piece of shit I've been at various points. Not always, not consistently. Like I'm a genuinely good person. I think I've always been a genuinely good person, but like just irritably annoying at times. And now when I see it in other people, I think it's when you, um, when you quit smoking and that, like, I never went through this because I was never a smoker, but when you quit smoking and then suddenly you're hypersensitive to cigarette smoke everywhere mm-hmm. because you weren't used to it before. Now I step back and be like, oh, my God, was I that bad? Some guy who's, who's again, very similar to the last one, holding court somewhere at a bar or in a meeting and cutting other people off and saying, well, actually this and <laughs> and, you know, no, it's definitely that. And then when somebody's wrong but insists they are right. I, I know. Mike. I miss Mike in this moment. Yeah, um, I, I, that's that's a tough one because as a, a data nerd, logical type person, having somebody um, spout misinformation of any kind uh, makes me grind my teeth together. So, I mean, is it ever legitimate to say, "Well, actually"? I mean, you work in hard science numbers formulas constants right so there are right answers true the time but there's a way to do that Mm. (laughs) and and there's also a way to not be a dick about it like you can have the answers without stomping on other people who may or may not have them like you, you can still have a cordial and professional conversation with people or even just a polite and courteous conversation with friends and not feel like you have to run the show just because you think you have all the answers. Like you can just shut up and listen. I'm, I'm doing this leadership class in the capital region this year. And so there are 38 of us from 38 very different companies that cover a pretty broad spectrum of organizations. And, you know, it's not all like marketing and development people. Like one of the guys I've befriended fairly quickly, like works for the water department and it's good to know people in the water department yeah right and we all have very different personalities we did disc assessments and then we talked about what our goals are and i genuinely told some people like my goal is to just kind of like sit back insert my expertise when it's appropriate and not try to run anything because so much of the time i'm usually the guy who's fixing things or running things or trying to be important and I'm just going to trust that we've got a lot of talented people in this group. And even if I know a right answer, I'm going to give other people the chance to share it first. Because that for me, that's professional growth. Personal you're, growth. You're making me sweat a little bit. 
Well, for me, that's just avoiding being wrong. <laughs> sure, they do. <laughs> but like, how many times have I died on a hill of my own making? It was just wrong, you know? And and I feel like I've gotten better about that through the And you guys know me a long time. I, this should be no shock to you that I am the, that guy sometimes. Um, and you'll be really polite and be quiet when I say that, and not just say yes loudly. But you and quickly, but learn and grow, and you know, you're you're an evolved human being. I certainly try. Mm-hmm. And you there know. is value to being a person who is willing to step forward and make things happen and fix things, as you say. Yeah. It just sometimes it gets to, I'm not talking about you specifically, but maybe more of myself, but sometimes it gets to be such a habit that <clears throat> I do worry that uh, occasionally my, my planning and organizational tendencies maybe uh, run roughshod a little bit over the wishes of other members of the T-Sheet co-host community. Nah. <laughs> nah. Well, I think we've gotten really good at working with one another and respecting one another. and I think so, too. Know. Yeah. You know, and I think we appreciate that about one another. Like, I well, first of all, we're all very smart and beautiful and, and um, young, young. And we have <laughs> we have very firm, perky boobs. And yep, that's true. Yeah. We do have young boobs. True. Yep. That yeah. is canon on this show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and we all are also smart and write a lot. Like, I think that's something that we all like. We have a lot of things that aren't in common. In fact, in a lot of ways, we're all very different. But we are generally very competent, smart and correct a lot. Yep. I think it's one of the reasons we love and respect one another so much. But, you know, I, the world can exist without me for the most part. Sometimes I just have to step back and remember that. And I wish other people would, too. Um, it, it goes into and if this is good because I can merge this into two and in one. I also had Savior Complex written here. Like, I can't stand it when somebody thinks that the world's going to end if they're not there to save it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like world's been here a long fucking time it's gonna be here for at least a few generations after us before the sun burns out or pollution ruins everything or sure we nuke we nuke each other to death or whatever well and like, i no. don't know that's the stuff in russia and ukraine is getting a little <laughs> dicey <laughs> and, and it just you know we, uh, every everything has to be bigger than us we we gotta stop thinking that it's just us all the time that has to save everything, and and that's me. But that's also a lot of other people. I think worse than me these days. So mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I, and there's a, um, I think an overdeveloped sense of responsibility in some of that. There, it's it's part ego and part overdeveloped sense of responsibility. Yeah. Like I am the only one who can fix this, and nobody else can. So it falls to me to save the day to save the day well you know maybe maybe sometimes there is that person but uh, but i would say bobby if you have a savior complex you come by it honestly mm-hmm. given your childhood and growing up and y- you took care of your mom and you still take care of your mom not so much anymore day. which i'm very happy about um I was I had an interesting conversation last night at the aforementioned event I was at. Um, the publicist for that group is also someone who's worked with me and is someone I like a lot. And we're sort of overdue to catch up. And I forget how we got on this this track of talking about my family a little bit, but she asked how things are going, and and then she just said, "You know, I know we've talked about this before, but I still can't believe the way you turned out, given what you told me about all the things you childhood." <laughs> I feel the same way about you, Bobby. It's yeah, amazing. I, I think, you did a good uh, job for yourself. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I was quite the quite the father figure. Um, <laughs> you know, you hustled your way right into being a 
valuable and decent adult. Yeah, some Boy, people have to parent themselves. That's all we can ask, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Meredith, we got to keep this moving. Or else yeah, yeah, just yeah. Really so this, okay, I... I, I figured I was in for a thorny conversation when we had this topic. So I, 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 when Gregory came home from work today, I was like, okay, I need you to tell me what you think my character flaws are. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, that's a thorny conversation, right? Um, but he was very sweet about it. And his first uh, thought was in consideration so he was like, what, what is it about me that makes you the most angry? And he volunteered in consideration, and that's true. Um, and this has to do, I think, with however cheesy it is, my love language is, is uh, acts of service. So, you know, you can tell me you're going to do something or, or, or intend to do something all day, but I'm not really going to believe it until I see it. So when, you know, I feel like workloads are imbalanced or you know, um, he's not holding up his end of the bargain or whatever. It does make me angry. Um, and I tend to kind of, I don't fly off the handle, but it's like, okay, we need to have a discussion because I feel like either things are unequal or I'm being taken advantage of, or you're relying on me. And, and some of this is like this, uh, you know, the mental, uh, load that women tend to take on. Um, and sometimes I feel like I work a full day and then I spend two hours doing chores at the end of the day. And it's not like that has to be exactly the same for him, but sometimes I get upset about that. Um, you know, why am I the one doing 12 hour days? Um, not considering his workload and that he's in school and that he has a long commute and you know, it, it evens out, but Sometimes they need that reminder. Um, so there's that. Um, but also it extends to smaller things like people not putting their carts back at the grocery store. Um, think about other people. You know, we live in a society. <laughs> Ooh, now you're getting into the goods. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, traffic um, is, a, is, is a big one. Um, people drive crazy in Detroit and, and, it kind of sends me on a spiral of like, you're just depending on everyone else to be responsible so that you can just do whatever you want. Um, and I think that is the heart of the issue. <laughs> That's like, like take responsibility for yourself, Ma you know, make sure you're, you're keeping yourself safe and doing as much as you can to keep everyone else safe. And, and it makes me, and that's how I feel, but so it makes me angry when other people don't feel the same way. Mm -hmm. It's like, remember that you are a part of a society and yeah. we do things that don't necessarily directly benefit us, but that benefit us as a society for the long term. Yeah, I'm with you on this, sister. I always say that I have an overdeveloped sense of fairness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I just want it to be fair in everything, in every way. And that was a hard lesson to learn that life is just not fair. Even though they start teaching you when you're like three, it's a bitter pill to swallow. I feel like that's the first, that's, that's the thing that I remember the most of my mom telling me when I was little is like, well, nobody said life was fair. <laughs> I'm like, well, it should be. <laughs> 
But you teach me so much about being a fair person and sharing with my siblings and blah, blah, blah. And now you're like, life is not fair. What is this bullshit? Double talk. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was usually because like Ellen and my sister and I got in a fight or something. You know, it's like she's not being fair. Well, no one said life is fair. Well, it should be, you know, teach her better. You know, she's the baby and she's being a little brat. So. Oh, my God. That reminds me so much of complaining to my parents that, you know, they were yelling at me for something, but it was something that they let Carl do. And my mom would say, well, we're not talking about Carl. We're talking about you. <laughs> I'm like, Steam no. That coming could also out of the be a show title. <laughs> We're not talking, we're not about, talking Carl. about Carl. We're talking about you. <laughs> Let's talk about Carl. <laughs> we don't talk about Carl. Yeah, I I remember having a conversation with my mom probably 15 years ago, back when I was still working a lot more in retail. And God, I mean, we don't have to talk about the ways that people are like rude and inconsiderate to service workers. That goes along with everything that you're saying, Meredith. But it used to upset me so much when people would be rude to me and I was like telling some story to my mom about this person who had been a pain and she said, Oh, Anne, you just can't take it so personally. And I was like, they are personally being rude to me. How am I supposed to take it? And it took me a long time to, you know, figure it out. Something that's one of the great, I think under, under, pinnings of this show is that it's not about you it's people are in their own worlds doing their own thing and yep. they you know fail to see how their actions and their responses um affect other people and yeah it, it it's a hard one to f get through especially on the road yes everything you true. do affects everyone else around you and it's so fucking dangerous. And it's so dangerous. You could kill somebody. Yep. Mm -hmm. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Uh, my my last point here is I I think this is funnier. This is this is very much a personality flaw. But it drives me absolutely insane when people ask for my help and my input on deciding something, and then they don't accept what I say. They they make their own decision and they don't do what I recommend. And I'm like, why are you asking for my opinion if you're not going to take it? How dare they? How dare they? Yeah. My boss is hiring a student intern and I sat on the interview panel with her and we had two just really excellent candidates. I mean, we had three, but two that really, really were good. And they're, you know, very, very different. And... Um, and she's truly torn. And so, she, you know, we were um, messaging each other back and forth yesterday afternoon. And she was like, I'm really leaning towards Canada A. And I was like, hey, that's a great decision. And she's like, oh, no, but now I'm swinging back to B. And I said, you know, honestly, B is my pick. And she was like, oh, but now I want to go back to A because of this. And she went back like five or six times. I don't actually know who she picked in the end because I'm a doctor today. But I was just getting so irritated after a while because I'm like, I told you what you should do. Why aren't you just Why saying, you just oh, okay, it? you're so smart. You're right, Anne. I'm going to do that. And I'm like, Anne, you suck. And I would hire your preferred candidate, hands down. <laughs> 
they're great. They're great. They're just a senior, so they're not going to be with us for that long. But they know exactly what to, like they could jump in feet first and do some great things and they're very interested in the kinds of things that we need help with and the other one is a sophomore and would need a lot of development but it would be so great at it so you know it's not like it, there's a win-lose there I just think that she should go with the one that I pick just because because I picked it and picked I said it, and it. She asked. Yeah. you right. asked right what is even the point if you ask and then you don't go with what I said, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm right always because I'm the smart one, guys. I agree. It's an interesting dovetail into mine because my last one is sort of a little lighter hearted anyway, uh, too. And it is indecision. Oh, my God. <sighs> People like you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is more traits and other people that irritate me. Really. Oh, okay. Um, I, I just uh, being a, a D personality, being a high D. You got to explain this. I don't know what this the is. Chart. So the the disc assessments break you into categories, and the D is. Um, hang on, I literally have the packet in front of me here. People who've done this process will be just fully understanding as we talk about this. Uh, people with the D style tend to be direct, strong-willed, and driven to achieve. Hmm. And um, the S's, which are the opposite on the circle from me, from D for dominance, is S for steadiness. They are giving support, maintaining stability, enjoying collaboration, motivated by stable environments, sincere appreciation, cooperation, and opportunities to help. Their fears are loss of stability, change, loss of harmony, and offending others. Their characteristics are patience, team player, calm approach, good listener, humility. The limit, their limitations are that they are overly accommodating, tendency to avoid change, and indecisiveness. Um, of course, mine, mine basically read like a mirror opposite of those. And uh, my boss is, a, is an S all day. And of course, the lesson here is that you need people in all of these quadrants, right? Mm-hmm. Because you need all of those perspectives and yeah. whatever. <laughs> Spoken like a real D. Um, uh, I just, I get so frustrated when people just can't proceed because they're stuck between two things. Oh God. Yes. Yep. I'm Um, a pretty decisive person. Once I make up my mind, that's it. mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the, the wishy-washiness drives me crazy too. Yep. I think, um, to go to another personality type instrument, that's our J. Meredith and the mm-hmm. INTJ is that mm-hmm. once you make the decision, then we're it's it's made and we're moving on. Yep. And this going back and reexamining it is useless because it's made. Right. Right. And and sometimes you just have to make a decision that it just even if it's I won't say even if it's not the right decision, but like the time and space in which to make a decision are important because if you wait long enough, the decision is made for you. Yep. And I'm realizing that, you know, when I, I worked alone for so many years in Boston, or nearly alone, that I had a lot of overall control over situations like that. And now as I rely on other people more, both in my company and beyond my company, the ramifications of not making a decision is something I think some of those people don't have. So when are we going to make this announcement? When are we going to make this announcement? Well, 
now we have to make this announcement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've run out of time to make a decision on when now it's just now or never. Um, Stuff like that just kills me. And, and um, not everybody's job is to just lead, but sometimes you just have to lead. Uh, I am remembering I'm, Boy, I'm I'm dredging up the retail stories today, but I remember a very specific incident where there was a woman um, who had a probably a, like a three or four year old like little boy with her, and they were in, and she was shopping for her sister, and she was trying to get input from the four year old because she just could not decide. And she was like, "What did you What do you think Auntie Judy would like? Do you think she would like this? Or she think Do you think she would like this?" And I'm like, "Lady." This kid is four. He doesn't give a shit about what Auntie Judy would like. Nope. He doesn't know. But it's like she was so incapable of settling on something. Like you said, Bobby, just make a decision to make yeah. the decision. Judy is not going to see the thing that you didn't pick. Right. Well, what's the number one fight that probably erodes at marriages and significant friendships and relationships? What do you want for dinner? <laughs> oh, my God. Right? What a nightmare. I don't know. What do you want? Just somebody choose something, but nobody wants to be wrong. For years, Sam and I had a list that we shared on our phones of like eight go-to dinner options. And if we hit that wall, I would just open it and blindly point at one and say, we're having salad with Greek chicken tonight. (laughs) We're having having, uh, spaghetti and meatballs tonight. And like, if you want to veto it, then you better come with an alternative. Those That's are the great. situations where like I don't I don't automatically take charge, but sometimes like if if nobody will, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just we're just having what I want. If you're right. you know, if you're yeah. not gonna gonna make a stand, then you deal with my choices. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. I, I'm I really like your method here, Bobby, but I think yeah. maybe you should get a wheel, like and it has all the different food <laughs> options on it, and then you spin the wheel so it's like a true randomized thing. Oh, I bet there's an app for that. I'm sure there sure is. There is the decider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. One more from Meredith. Yeah. My last one is, and this goes along kind of with what I said about my love language being um, acts of service, telling me you'll do something, but not doing it. That is a real good way to steam my beans. Um, <laughs> I have yeah, these poor beans. <laughs> so many limp beans i read that on reddit the other day and i love it so much i'm just gonna use it every opportunity (laughs) um yeah i just you know people can talk as much as they want but you got to follow through with action that's how you show me that you're serious about something and that's how you get stuff done and that's you know I, i it's important when you're making promises to follow through um so i feel like it's a follow through issue and uh, it shows that you're being genuine and that you made an effort and that you planned and that you have the wherewithal. Like there's so much behind that. That's important to me that, that doing what you say you're going to do and being dependable and following through is super important. And when people don't do that and when they're flaky, I just feel like, okay, that, you know, that tells me something about them and it tells me that I can't depend on them. Um, and I pride myself on being a dependable person. I feel like a lot of these things that I don't like 
you know, these character flaws are things that I don't like about other people because I don't like them about myself. Um, and it's something that I've had to work on really hard to not be a flake, to, to kind of do the hard thing when I don't want to do the hard thing. Um, and so I feel like, <laughs> I think on some level, if I can do it, then so can you. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I didn't realize until I grew up how few consequences there were for not following through mm -hmm. on the things that you said you'll do. Mm -hmm. Except that you I'm have like, to wait. live with yourself, and that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, well, apparently it doesn't bother some people. <laughs> uh, they have yeah. to live with that. Yeah. It, it really blew my mind. I'm like, wait, you mean you could just not do the thing you said you'd do? And then you're just fine and you carry on like everything's normal? No, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> you live with guilt forever. <laughs> right. And my, my, I'm always like coming in ahead of deadlines and stuff because I'm so worried about not fulfilling my end of the bargain or my agreement. Well, and, you know, I, I, I am a brand new boss and I suddenly have six people <laughs> Jesus. Me. I know. They didn't start you off easy. It keeps they keep adding people. Um some of them are temporary because another manager is going on maternity leave for five months. Good for her, but oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um so some of those people I'm giving back to her when she comes back. But I worry about this because I'm depending on them to do work that I don't have time to do. And if they don't do it, then I have to do it. Mmm. What we have here is a growth edge. Yes. Good luck. So I need dependable people to do my work for me. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be it'll fine. Be fine. Gonna no one's nurture the living crap out of them. No one's ever great. had a hard time being a boss. Yeah. It'll no. Be fine. No. Uh, so I think we've shared enough of our own squirmy tendencies and bad behaviors, and we would like to hear about yours. So the question of the week this week is, <laughs> what's your worst personality flaw, and how is it activated? <laughs> what turns you into the Hulk? Mm -hmm. And what what Hulky things do you do? <laughs> Once you become green. That's the way Please. we should post it. What yeah. healthy things do you what healthy do? things do you do? Please help us feel less alone. <laughs> we seem to be putting that plea out more and more often. I feel these like days. I say that pretty regularly. Please. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying I am Spartacus, right? They can't execute us all. Right. So if we I don't know, is that the plot to Spartacus? I never saw it. Probably no, I am Spartacus. You really gotta read the book. True. <laughs> Wait, is, is there a book? Maybe. Yeah, it's right next to the Minion books. <laughs> well, let's move on to Tishi Recommends. And I have one word written down here. Phil. Phil's back. Phil's back. Phil Rosenthal is back with more episodes of what I call Everybody Loves Phil, <laughs> which is actually Somebody Feed Phil. <laughs> the best travel and food show in the world Definitely. although i did see a review like a two-line review of it as part of another article like new shows coming to netflix or whatever where they were like 
if you take away the punk poet and the deep thinking and the whatever of Anthony Bourdain, you'll have Phil Rosenthal. And I was like, you shut the fuck up. Rude. How dare I anyone know. say anything negative about him? He's not trying to do the same thing as Anthony Bourdain did. There's room He's, for everyone here. He is a goofy dad in ankle socks and cargo shorts and a polo and like black new balances and he's he like dances. a lovable rich guy that's so rare yeah. what you're saying is he's perfect yeah he and everyone is. should step back who is insanely in love with his wife of like 30 years so get off get off of phil he's wonderful and um i was i've watched three of the six episodes so far it came out on tuesday and it's now thursday and so this is binging of a sort that i don't normally do and i was watching the very first uh intro and i was like wait is that a torchies cup mm-hmm. he went to torchies <laughs> of course he did <laughs> so um yes he has an episode in austin i can't wait to talk to hillary about the places he went and the barbecue he ate and all of that stuff and he was like you can go to the big barbecue places like franklin's barbecue and blah 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 but we're not going there this is why i love you phil so anybody who wants to sit back and relax and all of a sudden be really invested in visiting croatia when you never thought about (laughs) going there before (laughs) i'm going Mm mm-hmm Check out Somebody Feed Phil. Also, the best theme song in the history of theme songs, as far as I'm concerned. I never, it really I never good. fast forward either through the beginning or the ending credits because I have yeah. to sing the harmony on the theme song I don't think time. I've ever skipped intro on that one now that I think of it. Nope. Mm-mm. It's so great. It's such a great show. Yeah. It's such a warm fuzzy of a show of a, of a person who is, unlike us, so comfortable in who they are. Maybe the money helps. I don't know. But he has he'll no even, illusions about himself. He'll even dance in public, and he's so bad at it, and he doesn't care. Yep. He'll, I mean, the stupidest, like, borscht belt influence jokes mm-hmm. and... <laughs> This is the, what I mean when I say I, I, I really admire people like that. Yeah, who can just be themselves. Like, like, good for him. He is so dorky, he's cool. Yeah. And that's just how it is. And so I am so excited for people that haven't watched it. Because this is like the sixth. I think they call them collections on Netflix now. So you have like 30 plus episodes of Phil that you get to watch. So dive in. You can rewatch. Um, and I have abs- I do definitely too. found the joy in rewatching comfort shows yep yep i would only say watch in chronicle order chronological order just because his parents oh yeah are such a presence through the show mm-hmm. and then the last season his mom had died or i guess two seasons ago and then the next one his father passed yeah. away and so now they're doing kind of things in remembrance of his parents that i think it just helps to know the the presence and the personality of his parents but other than that you know just go start anywhere i guess what a great show yeah and nobody else gets to recommend phil it's my recommendation only nobody try to horn in there's a new show you guys i just saw on netflix it's called somebody feed phil what it's so good you bitch (laughs) (laughs) just kidding just kidding Anne. it was the same show you recommended 
Okay. That was a joke. Phil's off the table for anybody else. It's my show. I love it. Nobody else is allowed to say that they love it too. I hate it. Except except everybody, please do say that you love Phil. <laughs> I'm so you confused. You could say I'm Rosenthal'd by it. Stop Ooh. it. Bobby, that's two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's finish this up before I get my third strike. To get involved with the show, find us at thisshowhaseverything.com. The Facebook group is This Show Has Everything. The show Twitter, which I believe has cobwebs on it right now, is at Tishy Show. You can email us at tshishow at gmail.com. You can send us a voice memo, and then we can air the voice memo, which will make us very happy. Fax me your deepest character flaws at 617-354-8513. Find us at AOL keyword Tishy. And on that note, thanks for joining us. That was far too much about ourselves. Well, it's comprehensive, right? Now all our personality flaws are out on the table. There's no more. Nope. That's it. That was everything wrong with us. <laughs> the sum total of every character flaw we've ever had. If your butt is your biggest character flaw, fax it to Bob. <laughs> I could spend ages asking myself times yep great oldies <sighs>